1: Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
2: And now, live on 670 the score and the Odyssey app, it's Gabe Ramirez. Three. That's a magic number. Morel going to third, he will slide. He's got that's a the triple. Magic number.
3: Rose
4: trying to get over the, way fires way. Away. It's over. the Bulls win! That's That's the magic Gabe Ramirez right here on 670 The Score. Good evening. Hopefully you guys are doing well. The sun finally went down. It's been cool to see the sun stay out a little bit later past his curfew. It's always a good thing to see in the city of Chicago. Um, but we are broadcasting live from The Score Hyundai Studios, brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers, hanging out with you guys till so 9 o'clock today. Zach Zayman, Aunt Heron. It was like we were the replaceables today, all day today on 670. Oh, Molly Hall were here. They were doing their thing. Everybody else, we're the replacements. That's what I meant to say. Uh, And mm-hmm. I am here riding solo, so it's going to be a good one. Got some good guests for you guys. Going to be talking All-Star game. Going to be talking Cubs-Sox spring training updates. Going to be able to hear from uh, Mr. Ricketts himself. Hear what he really has to say about the offseason moves of the Cubs, what's coming up in the future, and what his expectations are for the team. We'll do all that again Hanging out till 9 o'clock. But this is the way we start every show. Uh, I I call it the trifecta. These are the top three stories that have been living rent-free in my brain all day long in no particular order. Number three. The number three story, I don't know why it shocked me. Because I knew Russell Westbrook wasn't coming to the Bulls. But still, nonetheless, when I saw on my Instagram feed that Woj had put out there that Westbrook was signing with the Clippers, it still kind of hurt, like, a little bit. Just a little bit, you know? Like, you saw a girl that you liked. And then she got a man, but you were in a relationship already. That's how it felt for me. Like I was already in bed with somebody else and I just, but it still made me feel a certain type of way. It's, it's a good reunion. The one thing I was holding on to hope for was the fact that Paul George and Westbrook didn't necessarily work out. So I didn't know if they were going to have ill feelings towards each other, you know, leading into it, but you put in a Kawhi Leonard, a guy that can be the glue guy for the three of them. And I mean, they got rid of Reggie Jackson, the Clippers I'm talking about. So I don't know, dangerous. All I know is that when the playoffs start, all I am doing is watching the Western Conference playoffs. Those are going to be some great matchups. Can't wait to see that. And then, of course, on the other side, Chicago Bull. You thought the Chicago Bulls were being quiet? No, no, no. They made an addition themselves. And, of course, that is none other than Patrick Beverly heading to the Chicago Bulls. And I, it's, it's like a consolation prize, right? You're not going to necessarily get John Wall. It just doesn't do the same for you. He's not necessarily an intense player the Bulls need. But they do need some – do they need point guard help? That's the part – that was the issue I was having a problem with. I mean, you have I.O. You have Alex Caruso running the point. You got Goran who's been somewhat injured a little bit. I mean, where who, whose minutes are you taking is what I'm really saying. right? So you bring in Pat Bev. Somebody's shooting like 34% from the three-point line. I mean, you know he's going to bring intensity. You know this is his hometown team. So, I don't know. That's the only thing I can think about is that maybe he can just put a little fire into the team the same way he did to the T-Wolves last year. So, all we can really hope is that Zach Levine and DeMar – can you imagine it now? Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, Vooch, and Pat Bev jumping on the scores table at the United Center after they make the playoffs, and then they're, like, waving their shirts around their th- Hey, listen, I'm here for it. I know you guys aren't, but I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Number two. A number two story, sticking with basketball, the All Star festivities were over the weekend, and Team Giannis beat Team LeBron one eighty four, one seventy five. Jason Tatum taking home the MVP, putting up fifty five points. Which I, I saw the point total, and I just thought to myself, first of all, this is this is like unheard of for an All Star game to have fifty five points. Um, but then, of course, more, more, what was more impressive was the fact that he had one of three blocks. During the All-Star weekend, or during the All-Star game, Paul George had one of them, Joel, and beat at another. Because there was no defense at all. What clip you got over there for me, uh, Caesar? You got a little Jason Tatum over there? Let me hear that. See if Giannis, Team Giannis,
2: can finish it off. Tatum, is he going to do the honors? Oh, he's going to drive. 55 double nickel for Jason Tatum.
4: Unbelievable, man. 55 points is definitely a lot. Uh, I thought Kyrie had a really impressive game statistically, uh, 30-some points to like 15 assists. Still minus eight in the plus minus. That just goes to show how much these guys were actually killing. I have a ton of thoughts about the All-Star game, and we'll get to those in just a second. Uh, But, again, Team Giannis beating Team LeBron. Anytime LeBron loses, it's it's always a win for me. Number one. Number one story, again, these are in no particular order, but it is the fact that Elvis Andrews should join the Chicago White Sox. One year, $3 million deal. And the reason why, it's just, we we are a sad bunch. And, of course, I'm talking about us as White Sox fans because all I kept seeing on Twitter was just people being like, finally, Sox making the right move. Like, almost praising an organization for making a move six months too late. It's like, this is something that should have been done a long time ago. Reward the guys that play well for you. Elvis Andrews was a really, really good shortstop and just teammate overall for the organization last year in the latter half of the season. So it's like, why wouldn't you do that? You saw how it felt when you let Johnny Cueto go walk away. I mean, obviously you didn't have any plans for him, but you saw how it felt. And it could have been the same thing for Elvis Andrews. It's not like you had a solidified second baseman in Rami Gonzalez or any, anybody for that matter. So why not? A one-year, $3 million deal? Like, what are we talking about right here? This should have been done a long time ago. Like, why are we praising this organization? I cannot wait. I cannot wait to talk uh, to my guests at the top of the hour, Josh Nuss because I just feel like I don't know. I, I, I'm frustrated with the team, and I don't want to invest my heart and soul into them. And then when they make moves like this, where it's supposed to like reel you back in somehow, some way, and it really just doesn't. But when you're looking at the, the construct of this team, I mean, I'll spend a second here: Lucas Giolito, Lance Lynn, Dylan Cease, Michael Kopech, and then the other guy as the fifth as the fifth starter. I don't want to say his name. Because um, I don't want no, no emails or letters sent to me either. Um, but, he, you know, that's your starting rotation. You love what Lance Lynn uh, said, you know, in his interview with Chuck Garfine, where he said, hey, man, you know, these projections haven't been right every year that I've been here. So we're going to put out our best team, and we think we're going to do the best. And I, I totally understand that. Bullpen, looking decent. You know, you still got your your, your horses in there. Um, Yasmani Grandal, Zabie Zavala, your, your catchers, of course. You know, you got your Andrew Vaughn, your Gavin Sheets. But your second baseman, you got your – your Larry Garcia's, your Romy Gonzalez's, your Lennon Sosa's, and now your Elvis Andrews. So it's going to be int- interesting to see uh, what that lineup looks like because this team—they're just going to have to play at a very high level in order. For- I don't want to. I don't want to rant. I'm ranting. I realize that I'm just ranting. All right, there goes your trifecta, ladies and gentlemen, right here on 670 The Score. It is Gabe Ramirez. Man, shout out to everybody that's listening on the Odyssey app. Uh, don't forget, not only can you just take the station with you everywhere you go. But there's a lot of exclusive content on there. You can hear all your favorite shows on The Score, their podcasts or their show in podcast form. They also, we also have like exclusive content, like when I do my weekly uh, national shows talking about Chicago sports. You can pick up, up those on there as well. And then there's just a ton of stations from across the country uh, that you can listen to as well. All right, shout-out to everybody listening on our 104.3 HD2 channel coming in loud and clear. It's a little delayed. I've noticed that. It's like a little – so if I miss something, like if – if uh if, if Florence Holmes says something and I feel like I didn't catch the beginning, I just go over to 104.3 HD2, and then I know I'll, I'll get like a replay, and I feel like I'm living in the future. Um, so shout out to everybody that's listening to that. Now back to this this all-star game situation. And what what I didn't like, and this is why I haven't been watching them, it's just because they're not competitive. Right? You, you and it's not like it's one thing to watch Ja Morant do a 360 dunk by himself or see Dame Lillard pull up from half court, which is crazy. But I know they can do that. What I want to see is John Morant do a 360 dunk on Joel Embiid, on the best players in the league. Like, I want to see if you can do what you do against the Bulls against the best players in the league. And I think that's what's missing. That's what's missing from this game. Now, there were some people that had some harsh criticism. Uh, Mike Malone, head coach of the Nuggets, he was the first one that spoke out uh, about the All Star game. It's an honor
2: to be here. It's an honor to be a part of a, a great weekend, great players. But that is the
3: worst basketball game I've
1: ever played.
3: <laughs> How do you fix it? Uh, I don't know if
4: you can fix it. That's the worst best. Like that's the coach saying that, and you know he's gonna keep it real. Joker's out there, like second to last one being picked and the, like that whole thing too. Like the. There's so much I have to say about this. The whole picking people like LeBron, you know, I was like, it's a spectacle. LeBron looks so lame on TV. Do you feel that way, Caesar? How much did you actually dedicate to
0: watching that whole Zero. draft?
4: That was ridiculous. Zero. Not even one second. I saw. I couldn't I saw, believe it. All I saw was Joker coming down. Like you ain't taking me last. And you hear LeBron, and you knew, you knew I gotta take my guy. I'm like shut up, bro. You're like, you're like a. <laughs> you hear like a high school demo tape or something like that. Yes, I'm hating, but I don't care. I really I genuinely don't care.
0: I, I don't get it. They talk about getting more viewers, getting people more it's interested. The worst. That is the exact opposite it's the, right there. That was that. Like
4: they, they tell you all the time like don't be so like like self-centered. And that's exactly what that is because the assumption is that fans want to see LeBron James pick players. No, I, do, I 100% do not want to see LeBron James do that. Anyway, uh so uh, there there were other people though that spoke out about it. Um Here's Jalen Brown from the Boston Celtics, just kind of talking about the game and giving his opinion on what what he saw and felt. I was fun games like this. Real basketball is different. You know, this was like I don't even. This was like a layup line.
3: You know? like, I don't know how much how much notoriety or, or he would want to get from this. It was just a glorified layup line. But you know, we got to figure out how to make maybe
4: the game a little bit more competitive. But if the fans like it, that's all that matters. Okay, glorified layup line. Shout out Jalen Brown, because he sounded sounded upset. Sounded like, man, I wasted my time coming here. Like, this is not what I wanted.
0: He could have been on an island somewhere. It took a flight. Yeah,
4: yeah of course. Just I mean, basketball isn't being played until Thursday. So they got some days off too. But the issue, Jalen Brown, is that it is the responsibility of the players. Like you're complaining that it's a layup line, but you are the one that's responsible for it. And I'm not talking about you individually. I'm talking about every single all-star player that's out there. If, if if the game is to be changed or played at a at a higher level, then all that means is essentially you guys need to care a little bit more. And so, I'm all about solutions, not problems. What we talk about on the show, I'm not gonna sit up here and complain and be like the All Star Game was trash. They need to change it. That does that helps nobody. But I do have a solution. Did you see the Rising Stars game? Did yeah. you not love the format? It- the only crazy thing about that,
0: and even with the dunk contest, it's like, okay, there's these G League guys now, and they're, like, exceeding and winning, but we can't watch them next week because they're in the G, right. G League. you know? Right, it's- right,
4: that, that That's an issue. Mack McClellan, that's a whole other story that I'll get to and my thoughts on that. But I'm talking about the fact that in the Rising Stars game, there was four teams. And then two teams, you know, they had the Final Four, and they played each other up to a certain amount. And then, of course, the two teams played each other for the champ. NBA players or any athlete at that level, they need competition. This is what they love. You could do it in darts. You could do it in bowling. You could put the grand prize game out there from the Bozo show. Like anything you want to put out. So, like, that's how you do it. You split the teams up. Nobody wants to see Jaron Jackson play four minutes. But if you can get them in a situation where now they're playing and competing for something, that, that, that would be it. And I always loved this one in particular clip from Kobe Bryant because that's why people, some people think that Kobe's better than LeBron, just from sheer tenacity. But listen to him talk about what his thoughts are on the All-Star game. I think the All-Star game in general needs a little revamping. It used to be competitive. I
2: always loved competing in them. I didn't lose many of them. Fans want to see the best pickup game in the world. They want to see you running up and down and dunking into all this crazy life. They want to see what happens when you get this collection of best basketball players on the planet and they play and they go head up against each other.
3: I mean, you guys play harder at a pickup game in UCLA. For real, And ain't billions of people watching.
4: For real, they do. Shout out Cobb one time. He's a real one. And that's what you want to see. Like Kobe's like when it was when it was Chris Paul, when it was me and Chris Paul on the court, too, we weren't losing. Like, not enough people are thinking about that. They don't care. They want to put up 18 three pointers and knock down ten of them. No shade. But you wouldn't do that if there was real defense out there.
0: It definitely seems like a bit of a clash between the new school and uh old school in the NBA. The the older generation's kind of like status quo, this is how it goes. Yeah. And, and you get kind of the new generation like uh Don't double it seems, team me. Yeah, it like seems Devin Booker. Like, seems like no man like I'm here to to show out you know yeah. it, it seems a little bit of a clash there
4: I'm sure they'll do something can't can't figure out what it is like again i I doubt that they'll split teams into fours and play some sort of but like I just think that's what you need you need you need there to be more competition something something else that's there and nothing' stupid like the winning team gets home court advantage in the finals we saw how that played out in baseball all right it's Gabe Ramirez here on 670 the score speaking of baseball i wanna we're gonna we're gonna change gears a little bit now, a lot of stuff coming out of spring training for Cubs and Sox. If you've never been to Arizona, you should try one year. The next, In the next decade, try to get your, yourself out there because it's, it's, it's a really cool experience. Small stadiums, or yeah, I guess you call them stadiums. Small stadiums, uh, very intimate experience. Everyone that's down there has the same goal, and that is to watch the young guys and, and watch their team participate. Um, but when it comes to your team, the Cubs or the Sox? This is what happens. I'm trying to get excited for the season, and, and Caesar, you can answer this question on the other side as well, and I'll do the same. But when it comes to your team, whether that be the Cubs or the Sox, you, you in the car, you listening right now. What are you most excited about? If you're the if you're a Cubs fan, is it a, is it a particular pitcher, maybe a position player? If you're the Sox, is it a new addition, or maybe you're still waiting to see one of your core players finally step up? I'm curious because I want to. I want to check the temperature of of Cubs and Sox fans in the Chicagoland area. And it's one thing to be like, "How you think your team's gonna do?" Eh, that's not that's not that doesn't get me excited. But is there a particular player? Is it something that you are excited about? Because that's what I want. Because I want we're we're gonna live in the zone of positivity today. So what is that for you? If you are a Cubs or a Sox fan, we're gonna open up the lines three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven. Gonna take your calls on the other side. Caesar and I are going to tell you what we're excited about and then we'll continue this show and keep it rolling along. All right. 312-644-6767. We'll take your calls on the other side. It's Gabe Ramirez right here on 670 The Score.
2: Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score and on 670 Score.com in Odyssey Station.
4: What are we excited about when it comes to this upcoming baseball season? That's what we're taking calls on right now. It's Gabe Ramirez here on 670 The Score. You know, I, I can't word it any differently. I mean, it's like I cannot get excited about this White Sox team, this White Sox season. I I just I'm gonna be watching because I love the pain. This is what I do. I'm a Bear, I'm a Chicago fan, whether it's the Bears, Bulls, or the Sox. Sometimes the Cubs. I mean, it's just I, I love the torture. But the comp. I mean, we're still got to watch them, right? So there's still got to be some things that we're excited about. So again, the question is, when it comes to your team, whether it be the Cubs or the Sox, what are you most excited about? If you're the Cubs, is it a particular pitcher, a position player, maybe? If you're a Sox fan like me, is it a new addition, or are you still waiting to see one of the core players finally step up? Uh, again, phone lines are open 6767. six forty four, sixty seven sixty seven. Let's go out to Zach in Milwaukee. Zach, so you're a Cubs fan. Uh, are you more excited about somebody on the pitching staff or a position player?
3: Position player, definitely say, uh Just because he bursted on the scene so well, the league addressed it to him. And then he kind of came back a little bit again, but I really, I'm, I'm excited to see him take that next step. I think he's a really smart player. I'm excited to see him take that next step.
4: Yeah, that's a good one, Zach. I mean, I think you're right, right? Where he he kind of he exploded on the scene when he first was playing, and then he got hurt, and you weren't really necessarily, you know, you couldn't see a ton of it. But then he came back later in the season, and then you were like, ah, can he, you know, can he get his batting average up? Can he be, a, you know, somewhere closer to a 300 hitter? But you're excited about the defense and what he adds. To everybody else, I know, I know that's that's a certainty, and, and that that really is what it is for the Cubs. Like, can they stay healthy? Can they put this team together and and really win some games off of their defense and a and a, an above average pitching staff? I mean, that's really really what you're looking for. But say it, that's that, that that's someone that that you haven't really heard a lot about, but you're still excited to see him uh, do his thing nonetheless. uh Let's go to Pat in Northwest Indiana. So Pat. Uh, what, are you most ex- what are you most excited about when it comes to this uh, Cubs team?
3: Hey, what's up, Gabe? Um, yeah, honestly, I'm excited about just the expectations overall and just the team overall. Um, you've kind of seen what they've done, the team that they want to build, and it's around defense, which I'm, you know, the offense might be a little sketchy this year. We'll have to wait out and see. But, I mean, if you look around, you know, I like the Bellinger signing. Uh, he's done a one-year deal. He's got to prove it. He's going to want to prove it because he wants to get paid. Um, but if it doesn't, you still got you got a Gold Glover in center. You got a Gold Glover in left, the in half. You got you know Nico and now Dancy Swanson up the middle. To another, I mean, you got Gold Glove defense all over the field, and I mean that's just going to roll downhill. It's going to going to help your pitch. But your Pat, staff. but Pat, what's your what's play. your
4: but Pat, what's your expectations though? Like, I mean, I know you're excited about the potential of the team, but I mean, where were, yeah. at what point would you be disappointed? You know what I mean?
3: Honestly, I would be disappointed if they didn't, win a, if they didn't get a wild-card spot. I, mean, okay. I think a wild-card spot is absolutely in the mix. I mean, are they going to make a run and go to the NLCS? That's a stretch. But I think this. there's a lot of excitement around this team just defensively. And, yeah, I would say division, maybe not. I mean, the division's going to be hard with Milwaukee, and St. Louis is going to be good too. But wild-card spot, uh, yeah, absolutely.
4: So, I like hearing that, man. Pat, thanks for the call. I appreciate it. I mean, that, that's why I asked the question. You know, what would be disappointing if you're a Cubs fan? Because there seems to be so much optimism surrounding the team. But all projections have the Cubs being under 500. So I'm trying to see in my mind or gauge in my mind, what does then underwhelming or an underperforming year look like? Caesar, you're a Cubs fan. What does that look like to you? Is it wild card or bust for you?
0: I think when you talk uh, wild card, that's that's top right. That that's their full potential. If they're going to yeah. click on everything, we could hit a wild card spot. But I, I like the not question. we the Cubs. Remember, yes, we get in I know. For that. There you go. Uh, you know, there, you could tell who I'm a fan <laughs> of. No, but uh, but I love the way you put it. Uh, what I never thought of it in the terms of what would you be disappointed with? And I think I would be disappointed with a, a bottom two finish in the division. That's if, what I was. If, that's what I was getting to. Yeah, if, if they finish in the bottom two of their division. That's a disappointing season because something has to really go wrong for them this year to, for them to finish in that place.
4: Yeah, that's where I, that's where I was really getting at. Season where I thought to myself, okay, if it's not if it's not a top three finish in the division, you know, are you feeling a certain type of way? If if you're if you're not, you know, because then you're down there with the uh, with the with the Pittsburghs and the, and the Reds. You know, you want to be above those guys at least to like propel expectations into the next season, right? That's really what it's more so about. It's feeling good about your team as you head into the next year because that's when you when you think uh, ultimately that you're going to be you know performing at a high level. So so I can understand that. All right, let's go to Tom out in Mount Greenwood. Um, so Tom, what are you excited about when it comes to the Chicago White Sox team?
3: Just because we started to see a bit of it kind of spark back at the end of last season, uh, I want to see number 10, Yohan Moncada, start to play with all that energy again, turning singles into doubles and driving the ball the other way. I mean, we know he has it defensively. He's just got to put together offensively. And out of every guy in that infield that has question marks, I mean, I think he's the one that could really answer back this season and get back to MVP caliber.
4: (sighs) Tom, 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 Tommy boy, I hear you. I hear you and uh I wanna I wanna say I, I, I I'm in that same space with you right like as a sox fan when I'm thinking about this team and I'm thinking about what am I the most excited about and it really is the continued development of some of the some of our guys right and I'm talking about our as a fan base right like there are core members of this white sox team that we as a fan base are depending on to create an exciting season. That includes guys like Lucas Giolito. What I am excited about is to see if he can have a bounce back here. I'm not banking on it, right? Because I don't want my soul to be crushed. But I'm excited to see it. I'm excited to see if it can be a reality. I'm excited uh, to see a Lance, a healthy Lance Lynn that gets a spring training and gets the pitch from the very beginning. You know, is he going to, is he going to perform at a high level for an entire season? He has the capability capabilities. When you're looking at, you know, Yasmani Grandal, a guy who said he was hurt a lot last year. Is he going to be a guy that can bounce back and perform at a high level? That's what we're hoping, right? Andrew Vaughn, the golden child. You want to see, like, so what I am excited about is to see if these guys can actually come through, and I guess that includes... You know a guy like Yo Mankata, can he be consistent? Can he, with the proper coaching, be a guy that can be the anchor of your team? Tim Anderson, Elo Jimenez, Luis Robert Junior, the Junior now. Don't forget, don't, please say the Junior. But guys like that, like they they can they can perform well. So that's what I'm most excited about. Uh, let's go back out to the phones because we're taking our calls right now. Three one two. Six let us go to Jerry in Romeoville. So, what are you excited about, Jerry, when it comes to the Chicago Cubs team? Well, let me tell you real quick. Uh, first of all, gracias for uh, taking my call. No te preocupes, yes. joven. No te preocupes. Don't worry. <laughs> hey, uh, let
2: me just tell you I'm really excited about the Cubs, bro um they've been like all the moves they made everything just looks so much better it's a different feeling a different vibe uh the team itself all the players look like they want to play together i'm excited for that cody bellinger i mean this guy we know what he's capable of doing for one and if, if he could just do partially what he what he has done in the past that alone would excite me alone but i mean seriously like i'm pitching defense that team's gonna win some games bro Like, I I look at it like...
4: um, Jerry, the over-under 78 right now. The over-under 78 wins. Three games under 500. You think they're going to be above that or below that? Oh, that sounds... I think they're going to be above 500, bro, to be honest. Wow. Okay. And and I'm not not
2: talking they're going to win 100 games. That's not what I'm saying. But pitching and defense alone is just not going to allow any other team to score many runs. So, um, I mean, with with the the shift uh, being taken away and everything, you got guys like Eric Hosmer and left-handed batters being able to hit that way. uh, I just don't see how they can't succeed. And if they don't, it's not so bad. we got Hosmer this year. we got Cody this year. But you know what? They can go then, and we can make other decisions on what we need to do for the future. When I say we, I mean the No, No,
4: no, 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 no. You don't work here. You're allowed to say we. I just want to be very clear. Because when I'm not at at this stage, and I say we all the damn time. Just want to make that very clear, Jerry. Thanks for the call, man. Listen, this is what I'm talking about. This is exactly what I'm talking about. Cubs fans are so optimistic. They are so looking forward to this season. Yet, every single projection has them below 500. So, I'm trying to find that space. What does that Sven's diagram look like? What does that middle part look like for you Cubs fans that are out there? But, I mean the defense, I mean, you're still playing against major league hitters. So guys are still going to put up runs. You know what I mean? Like your defense is going to be good, sure. That just means you're not going to make as many errors, right? But but the ball's still going to be hit and play. And so what you should be the most excited about, if I was a Cubs fan, which I'd be, uh, now that I've been at this station for a year now, I've been watching more Cubs games. But I will say what you should be most excited about, one is the return of Kyle Hendricks. Because you just don't know what he can give you, right? And if it's anything, then maybe you could parlay that into some talent in the future. So you should be trying to be hyped up about Kyle Hendricks. And then, I don't know which one, but your, your fourth and fifth starter, you're, you're hoping that you're watching so that one of those young guys can come up and really be the stud. Am I, am I missing something here, Caesar? Because I feel like if I was a Cubs fan, like, you, you know what you have on the field in terms of defense and offense. It's the pitching that I think my eyes will be glued to.
0: If I have to pick one, you want, you know, you're having everybody pick one thing, right? Yeah. Nico Horner, man. Nico Horner is going to be a stud. You man. mean the guy
4: that Nick Madrigal is going to replace in a couple of months? Oh, you're crazy. You're talking <laughs> crazy. Sox fan.
0: If I could make one crazy prediction as a fan, Nico Horner, All Star 2023.
4: Really? That's, 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 he he's going to have to hit the ball if he wants to be an All Star.
0: He can hit, man. He can field. He's going to be a great second baseman. Him moving over the second with Dansby coming over is just going to make him that much better. Again, right? Crazy fan prediction. I'll I like throw it. mine out there. My I mean, crazy fan prediction:
4: Nico Horner,
0: All Star second baseman. It's not too crazy
4: when you're talking about a guy that was, you know, being considered for the Gold Glove, right? Because there goes half of your resume right there that you need to make be an All Star. You're
0: talking yourself into it already. No, man. no, no, I'm yourself? not. I promise
4: you, I'm not. <laughs> I promise you, I'm not. Let me see. Let me let, let me go to your, let me go to the Cubs depth chart real quick. And see who can be a, a an all-star. Tucker Barnhart? No. Eric Cosmo, Trey Mancini? No. Nick Madrigal? Maybe. Nah, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Nicky, two strikes. Nico Horner? Okay. At the 2B position? Okay, okay. Like, maybe. Dansby Swanson? You're hoping to God that he becomes an all-star. Because if he's not, you're gonna be probably going to be disappointed.
0: At yeah, least a gold glove.
4: That's what I'm saying. Patrick Wisdom? Hmm. Saya. Maybe. Get a little – app, have him pop 15 homers, you know, real quick, real quick. Make some couple of a nice little sliding catches, maybe. Cody Bellinger, just like Dansby Swanson, you better be. <laughs> you better – that's what they're hoping. I
0: mean, you feel like the pitching and defense is going to keep them a three-run home run yeah, away, away in every game. Promise. In every game, you know. Who
4: can hit the three-run home run? <laughs> um, is Ian Happ going to double back as an all-star?
0: I think he's going to have another good year. Yeah.
4: That's not, see, that doesn't sound confident. Because if I was, if you were asking me, I was like, yeah, hell yeah, he is. You're like, I think he's going to have, a, "Eh, I think he's going to have another good year. (laughs) Well,
0: I think a lot of Cub fans are forgetting about the schedule thing too, right? We have like what, six, seven less games against the Pirates, against the Reds. We're literally playing everyone. So that is going to affect
4: stats. That's going to affect the guys. I mean, I tried you know, I don't even want to go there because I don't want to sound like a hater. All right, It is Gabe Ramirez here on 670 The Score. We are going to be hanging out till uh, 9 o'clock today and we have James Fox jumping on the show at 7 o'clock to talk some White Sox baseball with us. But in the meantime, I just want to take like a brief, brief break from baseball. And I want to jump to some Bears news. And nothing crazy. Just you know, if there's a particular group on this Bears team that we tend to scrutinize. It is the wide receiver group. And I think because he didn't play a lot towards the end of the season, a lot of us forgot about Darnell Mooney. And I want to have a conversation about not only Darnell Mooney, but but Chase Claypool, because there is one former Pittsburgh alum, Pittsburgh Steeler alum, who had some choice words for Chase Claypool. And I think it's something that every Bears fan should hear so that that way they can better assess his talents in the upcoming season. So so who is that Pittsburgh Steeler and what did he have to say about Chase Claypool? I'll, I'll, I'll talk about it on the other side. Don't go anywhere. It's Gabe Ramirez right here on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score.
0: At the 16-yard line, Fields in the shotgun back to his left, bunch set to the left side and a stand-up tight end right side of the line, takes the snap. Has a clean pocket, fires into the end zone, left corner, now. Mooney makes the catch for the touchdown, beautiful throw, wonderful catch, fields to Mooney, they've been cooking this stuff up for months, and the connection comes home, Mooney, his first touchdown catch of
2: 2022. I should... We're back, live with more Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score in Odyssey Station.
4: I was saying I should make a Spotify playlist with Jeff Joniak highlights. Talk about making you feel good on a Saturday morning. Like imagine that you're going to go clean. And instead of putting on side side, you put on a little bit of Jeff Joniak and he's just giving you nothing but highlights. You're welcome. I know that felt good. It's Gabriel Ramirez right here. I'm going to be talking about some of the, one wide receiver in particular, I, but I don't want you to forget about Darnell Mooney. Remember he's good. And I think a lot of people, because you didn't see him towards the end of the season, the assumption is that every single wide receiver, the bears have sucks. And Man, I really do want to get into these text messages. The people people were sending us some good text messages about the Cubs and Sox. over we'll get to those, we'll get back to that in just a second. But um the Pittsburgh Steeler that came down a little hard on Chase Claypool is none other than Hines Ward, uh, one of the coaches in the XFL. You so saw him coaching on Sunday? He was uh, looked alright. His team lost with that uh with that new rule where Instead of an onside, they get it a for they get a fourth and fifteen on their own twenty-five yard line. And the team pulled it off and ended up coming back and getting the victory. So that was pretty cool. But Heinz Ward, obviously, Hall of Or Hall of Fame type uh guy for Pittsburgh, he said, he said Chase Claypool needs to grow up a little bit. Now, he was all for trading Claypool. And he said, and this is the part that hurts, because it always it always sucks that you hear these things after. said, Hines Ward would not say about Chase Claypool, he's very talented. Everything you want in a wide receiver. But with Chase, it became more about Chase and less about the team. He needs to grow up a little bit. <sighs> uh, that hurts. Especially because you hear him say things like, I'm easily a top three receiver in the NFL. Like what mature individual who does not have those stats is out here just saying they're the best. Like that sounds like an immature guy who, who's, you know, been the man in high school. You were the man in high school. How does that 50 cent? Damn homie. In high school, you was the man homie. What happened to you? Like, that's where Chase Claypool is at right now. Like, yes, I understand. You feel like you're the man. And it has been to a, to a detriment on, on your, your former team, the Pittsburgh Steelers. And let's not forget, also, you were with Mike Tomlin. Like, who, who has character issues from outside of Antonio Brown? Who has character issues with Mike, for Mike Tomlin? Like, everyone gets it together.
0: There were a couple moments uh, last season towards the end of the year w- when he was playing where he had some, some, uh, some moments on the field where he was yelling at the, yeah. at the sideline and stuff for sure.
4: And I, and I got to be honest, I did not mind those. That sounded like a, a player who was frustrated not, not with his quarterback or the offense, but just the team as a whole. Like he wanted to play at a high level. And I didn't look at it in the present as a, a, an immature wide receiver in the NFL pouting. But I remember talking to Boomer Seis and filling in for Parkinson Spiegel, and I asked him about that blow up. I was like, "You ever had a blow up on the side of the field, like where a receiver?" Is? He's like, "Okay, back in my day, people, receivers, you would never see that because then you might not get the ball again." He's like, "I rarely had to do, you know, you never maybe once I had to talk to a receiver." He's like, "But that that, that wasn't what it was. It was a different time in the NFL." That's Boomer Seis saying that, and so it does make you feel a certain type of way because, again, when you're looking at that core. Because that's what the core is now. It is Darnell Mooney, Chase Claypool, and Cole Komet. That's your core offensive weapons. And obviously the assumption is that you're trying to add to it. You heard Justin Fields speak so highly of Jackson Smith and Jigba, the Ohio State wide receiver who he threw the ball to, was injured a lot last year, and he's coming out in the draft. So, you you know, you hear these things, but you're like, damn. It's Chase. Is Chase Claypool going to be all right?
0: You you know he's coming in. I mean, he's got to realize that this is make or break for him in the NFL this season as far as being the guy, right? If he doesn't come out this coming season and, and show that, he's a 3-4 receiver for the rest of his career, don't you think?
4: It's I mean You're bringing up a great point because, I mean, listen, we've seen Kevin White get put on rosters in the last couple of years. So someone's going to take a flyer on a Chase Claypool, right? But to really pinpoint what you said he'll be on another team but not as a one or a two he'll be your third or fourth option or somebody that you would just want to get something from and you know he'd be like a guy that goes to Kansas City you know and resurrects his career like a Juju Smith-Schuster where you don't contribute a ton but you're just some sure hands for the for the quarterback Patrick Mahomes and that part is again that's the part that worries me because I was sold a dream. Second-round pick for Chase Claypool. He was going to go to Green Bay. Well, now no know Aaron Rodgers. Put his ass in Green Bay. I don't care. Give my second-round pick back.
0: In, in your eyes, what justifies that second-round pick? What, what would Chase Claypool have to do next year to justify that second-round pick?
4: Be better than anybody that was drafted in the second round. That's not happening, bro. <laughs> yeah, he is. 100%. I, 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 I did this, I, I did this uh, some, some weeks back when the Bears traded for him. And I looked at the second-round draft picks over the last two years that were wide receivers. And I and I pinned, I put Chase Claypool versus either, any of those guys. And, you know, you do have George Pickens, obviously his former teammate, who obviously the Steelers thought more highly of to get rid of a Chase Claypool. And uh, the guy from Green Bay who dropped the ball in the very beginning, Watson. And so... I'd still rather have Chase Claypool than than Watson. So specifically, receivers, not just yes. better than anybody. No, 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 oh, no, no. Okay, no. okay. I, I, I thought. I want to be very that. clear because the Bears would have wasted, or it's not wasted, but used that second round pick on either an offensive lineman or a wide receiver. Facts. And so, because imagine the team now without Chase Claypool, you have to use that draft pick on a wide receiver. So I just need you to be better than any of those second round picks, and then it's a victory. And, and remember, in any other year, that's a first-round pick we're talking about. Right, because it's 32nd. You're absolutely right. So, again, I just need you to be better than the second-round draft picks. And then the hope there, I, for whatever dumbass reason, I watched a lot of college football this year. So I know who the good wide receivers are, and there's only a handful of them. I want to be very clear, it's not only just the free agent wide receiver group that's out there that is is, is, is not as tantalizing, but it's also the, the, the rookies that are coming in. Quentin Johnston, TCU, Jordan Addison, USC, as I mentioned before, Jackson Smith and Jigba. And then you you got like, you know, two other guys, like a guy from Tennessee that's pretty good. But that's it. After that, it's a really big drop off.
0: When you put it as better than any receiver that can be taken in a second round, that makes more sense. But for a second, I thought you said better than any player taken in a second round. And that's why I said that's that's not going to happen.
4: (laughs) You're absolutely right. Uh but again we we get to see it man the the draft now I think it was 70 days or 67 days away 67 days away for the bears um go ahead and take the podium to announce that they're trading the first pick in the draft <laughs> All right it's Gabe Ramirez here on 670 the score I'm glad we talked about some football. Ooh that made me feel good. All right coming up on the other side we're going to bounce back talk about talk about some White Sox with my guy James Fox um really I mean, I, I know I'm a diehard Sox fan, but this guy is equally uh, as, as, as uh, excited as I am about the team. He's the co-host of Future Sox and writer for Sox Machine. We'll talk to James Fox and, and hear what he had to say. Was he as excited as I was about the Elvis Andrews signing? And, and does he think this team can end up over 500? Uh, we'll discuss on the other side. It's Gabe Ramirez right here on Chicago Sports Radio 670.
1: The score.